We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host, Johnny T, and today my guest is Jocelyn Jones. Jocelyn's an author, a storyteller, a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, and an ordained minister. After graduating with a BA in journalism, she entered into the television industry and then subsequently left to serve as the executive director of a youth center on Chicago's South Side. While in Chicago, she earned a master's degree in social work and in theological studies. She is also the founder of Faith on the Journey Counseling and author of the book, Breaking the Power of the Mask. How are you doing today, Jocelyn? I'm great, Johnny. So excited to be here with you today. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's awesome. So first off, you went into a career in journalism, and then you broke away from that to work with youth. So what changed the course of your career path? That environment is obviously Christian-based. So maybe you could tie your journey of faith in with that original career path and that change. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I fell into the journalism field when I went to uh, school at the University of Iowa. I was undecided. I did not know what I was going to major in. And a friend met me on the yard on campus and said, well, why don't you try journalism? And I'm like, sure, why not? And I went forward with it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. But when I graduated from undergrad and I got my first job at Channel 20, it was fun. But I was also growing my formation in terms of my relationship with God. And the more I got involved at my church, I said, I really want to work with God's people. I want to do more work in the community. So it was this tug back and forth between what I majored in and what I was feeling led to do. And so it turned out the associate producer of the television station was talking about promoting me to a different role. But I avoided accepting the promotion because I still felt like God was calling me to something different. And lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, after I had the conversation with my current employer at the time, I got an opportunity, an offer to work at my church at the youth center on Chicago South Side. And when I heard about the opportunity, I jumped at it. I was so excited. And I was working as the violence prevention manager with the youth at the agency. So essentially, I was helping youth and young adults to make good life choices to be peacemakers versus engaging in violent behavior. And in that role, I saw a lot. 
This was in Auburn Gresham, and many of the youth had experienced trauma mm. uh, due to losing friends and loved ones to gun violence. And seeing experiences like that, it does something to you. I remember meeting a young woman. Her name was Ashley. She was a teenager at the time, and she had just lost a friend to gun violence. And she came up in my office, and we were talking. I said, hey, how are you doing? I, I heard about what happened. It was okay to show emotions. It's okay to cry. And she said to me, Miss Jocelyn, if I cried every time I lost someone to gun violence, I'd be crying all the time. And that was essentially the reality for a lot of these young people. It was normal, even though nothing is normal about that. And so I worked in that position for many years, and I was planting a seed around my desire to help people who had experienced trauma and eventually got promoted to executive director. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't think that's changed much. I, I would believe that it's gotten worse since your time in that role, just from the stories that you hear and you see what's going on. And it's just such a angst. There's such a spirit of unrest and unfulfillment that's driving a lot of these things, I think, in youth today. I am not involved in youth ministry at this point in my life, but I was a number of years ago, but it was a different environment. You see a lot of stories about that, and, and there's that hole in people's hearts that we both know that God is there to fill. And I know that you, you talk about in your ministry, reaching out to those people who have struggled with trauma in their life, and they struggled with issues and different things like that. And you talk about, now I haven't read your book, Breaking the Power of the Mask, but I would assume that part of that would talk about this mask that people would wear to cover up those emotional injuries and scars and things like that. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and what God offers to people that have those kind of things in their life and in your experiences with that. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head in terms of what the book was about, because that's my lived experience. For many years, I wore a mask to hide my pain, to hide the trauma that I was wrestling with. And it's somewhat easy to do when you work in an environment where you can keep yourself busy all the time. Mm. And in church, we often learn that we should present ourselves a certain way. There's even sayings that further perpetuate this. I'm too blessed to be stressed, too blessed <laughs> to be depressed, <laughs> like all these things. And it's feeling like I always need to have this smile on my face, even if I'm hurting all the time. So for me, as a Black woman who also comes from a culture where we're expected to be strong, the idea of being a strong Black woman, that can be a mask. That could be a way in which we present ourselves to the world to hide what is really going on with us. And I understand that sometimes the environments that we're in will not allow us to remove our mask. Sometimes we do need to present ourselves as strong because the environment is not safe, it might be toxic. There might be further injury that we could be placed in a certain situation where we can have further injury emotionally. And mm -hmm. so with that, I do understand, but we can't go throughout our entire life wearing a mask of strength, wearing a mask of perfection, wearing I call a producer mask in which we're always producing, putting our work in front of everything so that we don't have to feel the emotions that we're going through. And so it's very uncomfortable to remove the mask. It requires a level of vulnerability. And it's something where I always say that we need to remove our mask in environments that are safe. And I can say test the waters around a counselor, a trusted friend. But when we're doing it, we have to understand that not everyone is at a place where they can honor the sacredness of our story and can honor our emotions. 
but there are people who have earned the right to hold us in our pain, in our vulnerable moments, and who really desire to get to know who we are outside of the mask that we've uh, become familiar with wearing. Yeah, I would think a lot of our listeners would be in a place where they have that mask that they're wearing, that plastic smile, whatever you want to call it, right? Hiding, everything's great. Yeah, life's wonderful. And inside they're torn to shreds. And it would be almost insurmountable, I would believe, in their own strength to, first off, acknowledge it. Second, to find somebody that they can trust to talk to. And thirdly, to actually come to grips with the fact that they need to take a step out of what they're in and take that mask off and and confront the reality of, okay, this is what's going on in me and in my life. And that's not the way I want to live my life. What would you offer as, I know you did talk about finding a a safe counselor or a guide or something like that to help you with that, but what other steps could you offer to somebody that would be in that situation right now? Well, I first would say, Being honest with yourself and being honest with God is the first place to start, a good place to start, that is. I think that sometimes even looking in the mirror, we have a difficult time being honest with ourselves. And I think we also can be afraid to have honest conversations with God about how we're truly feeling. The idea that we can't express if we're angry with something that took place. Mm -hmm. I think that we serve a big enough God who can hold us in our anger, even if it's directed at him at some times. Mm -hmm. So we need to be able to be honest with self and God first. And then I, I often tell people, again, that it doesn't go from wearing a mask all the time to being completely free of it. And again, sometimes it's wisdom in wearing it. But I am encouraging people to put the toe in the water sometimes and just test certain things to see, okay, I'm observing this person to see how they engage with other people. Are they trustworthy? Are they someone who I've seen accompany other individuals who've experienced pain and loss in such a way where they care for them gently? So I encourage people to to watch individuals Mm -hmm. in social settings and to see if there's individuals who they feel like God is leading them to share a little bit of their story with. You can start off with maybe something that's a little less risky to see where people are at to begin the process of peeling back the mask. And I'll also say there are people probably in our lives who we've known for years who have proven themselves trustworthy. We're just afraid to be honest with them. And that's something that I encourage you to be prayerful about. What is holding you back from being honest with the people who've known you for years Do you feel like they're going to reject you? Do do you feel like they're going to judge you? Do you feel like the relationship won't sustain you being honest with them? Because oftentimes there is a narrative that we play in our head around what people might think about us if we are open and honest about what's going on in our lives. And nine times out of 10, especially for people who've shown to be trustworthy and care about us, they want to know the different pieces of us. I remember in my early 20s, I was going through a very difficult season in my life. And up until that point, I, again, was wearing such a good mask, especially throughout college. I presented myself in a certain way. So people really never got a chance to see me struggle. But there was one point in which I was hitting rock bottom. I was just hurt emotionally from a major breakup and some trauma that I experienced. And I was sharing that with a girlfriend of mine. And she said something that I'll never forget. She was compassionate and she was loving towards me. But she was like, wow, Jocelyn, this is like the first time I've ever seen you vulnerable like this. And it just it's a reminder to me that you are human. And for me, I took it a couple different ways. I was like, what does she mean by that? But 
And now, 10, 20 years later, thinking back on that story, what she really was saying is, Jocelyn, this is the first time you've shown any level of vulnerability. And it is meaningful that we can actually express what's going on with ourselves for a change and have these real conversations because you are showing that you trust me enough to hold you in your pain. You're not wearing your mask. And I think that you'll be surprised how things are if you open up to those people who've earned your trust. And I think what's really important that people understand, we don't have to have any concerns about going to God because God will never judge us for struggles or things like that. He'll never turn his back on us if we go to him with an open and honest heart. He already knows our whole life from beginning to end, even before he created us in our mother's womb. So we're not going to surprise him with anything. He already knows what's five years down the road. We have no idea. We can get real comfort from taking that first step, as you said, towards God and just being completely and openly honest and transparent with him. I think on a daily basis, if someone cries out to God and even takes like the smallest thing, like you said, and just like works with that for a short period of time until they get comfortable and they can learn to trust God with it. And then they can branch out and grow a little more and just lay it all out before God and say, okay, God, here I am messy and everything help me right and i think that's a great place to start one of the things that you talk about is living a life of purpose and stepping out into the deep so i wanted to ask you why that is important to you and what you mean by living a life of purpose i have my own thoughts about it i believe i understand it but there may be someone in our audience that doesn't so maybe you could just clarify that and expand on that yeah for sure i i think that god has given us all gifts There's certain things that you do well. It just comes naturally to you, but it doesn't come naturally to others. I also believe that there's certain burdens that God gives us. Uh, For example, there's countless number of problems in the world, poverty, violence, educational system being broken, you name it. So there's a number of problems out there, but there's certain issues that when we see it, we are so bothered by it. We wrestle with it. We feel like we can't even sleep at night. And I believe that's for a reason. I believe if God pricks our heart around a certain problem, and then there's certain gifts that we have, we really need to be prayerful about, okay, God, why is this bothering me so much? What are you calling me to do in this area to be a part of the solution, to shed light, to be a light bearer around this, right? We are called to be the light. And so with that, I believe that everyone to really wrestle with that. What is the reason behind the burdens that come before me? What are the gifts that God has given me that I can use to do kingdom work? And who are the people who I'm called to serve? There's certain people that we gravitate to. And for me, I work with a lot of women. I coach women who desire to start ministries. And oftentimes I find that if they've gone through something, they might have gone through a divorce. They might have experienced abuse. They might have been a single mother. They have a a soft spot for that demographic and often want to help the women who were like them 20 years ago as they were navigating that experience. And so you might be called to a certain group of individuals to help them, to know God's love, know God's ability to heal. And I encourage people to really explore that because the world needs light. There's Mm. so much going on right now. And if we are silent as the people of God, then we see what can happen in this world. And so I really try to encourage people to live a life of purpose. And because of some of my personal experiences growing a ministry, I like to work with women 
Uh, I started an organization called Women in the Ministry to coach women to get out there, get outside the church walls to live out whatever your ministry might look like. It might be working with widows. It might be working with domestic violence survivors. It might be working with foster care children. Whatever it is, you have a role on this earth while you're here that can leave a legacy to change someone's life, not just here on earth, but save their life by helping them to know Christ and Mm -hmm. his love. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping people to know their purpose. And I think your right passion is something that it just comes out of our heart and we don't always understand why or like an interest area or something like that. But God created us all individually. God gave us, as you said, gifts and callings and, and they're without repentance. We can choose to embrace those and, and run with them once we've narrowed it down to what we can't escape from being passionate about. And I think that's really important for people to understand because a lot of people will say, well, why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? There's a lot of indecision and misguided direction in people's lives, trying to figure out what it is they want to do. You can waste decades of your life trying to figure out what it is you need to do. And in the whole time in that period, it may have been there right in front of you, but you just either didn't recognize it or you didn't pay attention to it or you chose not to embrace it. Mm, Yeah, it's funny you say that, Donnie, because that's very real. I agree with you. I also think, though, that sometimes there's assignments that we have that are not for the duration of our entire life. It could be a seasonal assignment. When I first was called to work at my church, I thought it was going to be there long term. I thought it was it. But that was really a, a season. I worked there for over 10 years. But when a season was coming to an end, I had to leave because staying for too long, I felt like God's covering and the anointing was n- no longer there. It was someone else's time to step into that role because God was calling me into something else. And I felt it. And so if someone is listening right now and you are at the point where you feel like the season is changing, that's okay. Lean into it. Maybe your assignment that you once were really passionate about is now coming to an end. And God is revealing to you a new assignment that he's giving you that's still going to allow for you to use your purpose, your giftings to make a difference in this world. Yeah, Ecclesiastes talks about everything. There's a time and a season, right? And and we have to be aware of that. And I've experienced that in my own life, just in, in my career, in different jobs. I knew right away, in some cases, where, nope, this isn't it. I got to move on to something else. But I also learned that you can't force that change. You can recognize that you need the change, but when you force it in your own strength, it doesn't always work out real well. And you really have to, as you said, that there's a change coming. You really need to seek God about it. You really need to ask God to take control of that situation because he already has your life planned out. And if we can embrace that and rest in that and get the peace that he's going to look after it, things go a whole lot better. And I'm just Mm -hmm. speaking from my own experience. That's so true. I love that, Johnny. So let me ask you this. Where can people find more about what you offer in terms of faith on the journey? Let's talk a little bit about faith on the journey. Where can they find that and the other things that you can provide to them? Sure. So Faith on the Journey is a Christian counseling company that specializes in helping people who've experienced trauma and grief and loss. And in addition to that, we also offer trauma healing group training. So we train people to work with individuals who have experienced trauma to lead Christian Bible studies that help people on their healing journey. And so people can learn more about that on our website at faithonthejourney.org. 
Again, that's faithonthejourney.org. We would love to meet with them if they are a church leader to explore how they can become a trauma healing church. And maybe they're just looking for a Christian counselor. We would love to explore that as well. Perfect. And your book, Breaking the Power of the Mask, where can people get that? Yeah, you can find out more information about my book on my personal website, which is jocelynjjones.com. And there you'll find information about the book, Women in the Ministry, and some other great initiatives that we are currently working on. Awesome. So let me ask you one final question. What's the one thing that you would tell people about God? God is a patient and loving God. I thank God that he's not like me when it comes to patience, because <laughs> I would have given up on myself a long time ago, but he doesn't. He is able to love us even in our mess. He wants better for us. He doesn't want us to stay there. Any good parent doesn't want to see their child hurting. But at the same time, he's still patient. He still sees us beyond our mistakes. And in that, we can know that we can always come to God no matter what. He's present with us. He is present with you. He's a comforter. He is so amazing. So if you don't have a relationship with God, I encourage you to get to know him because he's right there. Amen. 100%. I agree with that. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I hope people will check up and get in touch with you and all the best. Thank you, Johnny.
hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.